This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, this is me, and welcome home to the Horns Guy. The Horns Guy, Jacob Chansley, is out of prison. Out of prison. The Horns Guy from January 6th. This is great news. The guy never should have been there in the first place. He didn't hurt anybody. He didn't break anything. Uh, he was unfairly called the face of the insurrection. Number one, it wasn't an insurrection. Number two, there are a lot of people there. Now, I guess he did stand out a little bit. Let's face it. You know, the horns guy with the makeup and, uh, you know, the crazy hat. Sure. He was, he was conspicuous, but I, I heard the guy urge for peace. I heard the guy uh, say, we must be peaceful. And then I heard him say, Donald Trump has told us to go home. We must go home. He was compliant and very nice to the police officers. And the police officers were nice to him. Yeah. What about that part? Did this have something to do with the release? Well, uh, they're trying to say the Bureau of Prisons, the Justice Department, they're saying that, uh, oh, no, this was uh, all prearranged and he had served uh, uh, 41 months or 27 months of a 41-month sentence, and therefore he was eligible for this, that, and the other thing. Hey, I'm glad he's out of jail. Um, but the way it goes, this is totally at their discretion. This is a discretionary move. And if you were watching my show, or if you were watching Tucker Carlson's show, uh, you saw what I saw. Jacob Chansley being assisted by Capitol Hill police officers every step of the way. You want to go to the United States Senate, Mr. Chansley? This way, Mr. Chansley. Let's try this door, Mr. Chansley. Oh, I'm sorry, that's locked. Uh, let's try this one. Come here, Mr. Chansley. Yes, let's. He went by about 50 cops, who each of them had guns and handcuffs and bats and batons and mace, and they. Oh, hello, Mr. Chansley. Oh, quite, a, quite an interesting attire you have on, Mr. Chansley. Now, let's see here. Federal prison records indicate that Chansley is currently at a residential reentry management facility in Phoenix. Residential reentry management facility, also known as a halfway house. The full release will come on May 28th. I'm sorry, May 25th. He was originally projected to be released in July of 2023, but federal prisons. And prisoners can earn reductions in sentences over the course of their time behind bars. He was sentenced to 41 months in prison in November of 2021, two months after he pleaded guilty to a federal charge of an obstruction of an official proceeding. You know how many people obstruct official proceedings? Hey, like Jamal Bowman. What the hell was up with that guy? The What is he? He's a congressman from the Bronx. Why doesn't he get worked up about shootings in the Bronx? He's out there hassling uh, federal officials, obstructing their way, you might say. Did you see it? We'll play it in a little bit. Uh, yelling and screaming his head off, making a fool out of himself. But that's what these uh, members of Congress do, actually, so many of them. And you know who set the example, the unfortunate example? AOC. 
doesn't matter your experience. It doesn't matter your ability to get things done or get legislation passed or form consensus. No, you, you make a spectacle out of yourself and become a hit in social media and you can raise money. Total scam. Let's see. He also spent time in jail prior to his guilty plea and sentencing. So does that go time served? Chansley is among the highest profile of the roughly 1,000 criminal defendants, this is CBS, who have been charged for their roles in the Capitol attack, in part due to his unique outfit, which included animal fur and horns. He was also among a smaller subset of rioters who went into the Senate chamber where he sat at the desk of the Senate president. Yes, with with basically the permission of that Capitol Hill cop, the Capitol Hill cop with the red beard who brought him in there, who escorted him in there. Now, why is he being released now? This is They were like going to keep these guys in there as long as possible. According to prosecutors, Chansley proceeded to take pictures of himself on the dais and refused to vacate the seat when asked to do so by law enforcement. That's interesting because the guy actually did ask. The cop says, he doesn't say, get out of there. He says, is there any way I could persuade any of you to leave this area at this point? It's really funny. That, that, yeah, that's true. That reminds me. He didn't, they didn't. Police don't ask. They direct. They demand. They order. Can I get any one of you to please leave this area? When's the last time a cop's... A Bureau of Prisons spokesman would not comment specifically on the Chansley case, but noted in a statement that the 2018 law known as the First Step Act changed how frequently federal inmates can earn sentence reductions with credits uh, last calculated in March. Chansley regained prominence this month when his case was the subject of a series of programs. Yes, on Tucker Carlson and on Greg Kelly's Newsmax show. I went all in on that. Not only uh, the two big takeaways from the Tucker Carlson stuff was, um, well, Jacob Chansley being escorted around by the police and also Brian Sicknick, the Capitol Hill cop who was alive and well when they told us he had already been hit in the head with a fire extinguisher and was dying. That's uh, that's a that's a big one. That is a real big one. Hey, a Wall Street Journal reporter is in custody in Russia, charged with espionage. Evan Gershkovich, Evan Gershkovich, Putin has taken him prisoner, made him a hostage. He is an American citizen, and now he's a hostage in Russia, just like uh, Brittany Griner was. Uh, I notice, and I'm actually trying to put this all together. Looks like all the hostages are taken when Democrats are in office. It really does. I, I can't find one that was actually taken while President Trump was president. I see all kinds of releases, all kinds of people who were let out, negotiated settlements with, uh, well, with North Korea, Otto Warmbier, um, with Russia even, with North Korea. Yeah, we have at the RNC in 2020, uh, President Trump appeared with about 15 former hostages that he negotiated their release. It was a big deal. Well, he didn't do it directly. Well, he had a hand in it. He made it a priority, and he also brought in this guy, very sharp guy named Robert O'Brien. He was the coordinator on this hostage, uh, these hostage negotiations. And he did an excellent job, excellent job. Hey, we don't have the manifesto yet from the Nashville shooter. Are we going to get that? Are we going to get that now, or are we going to get it once the FBI is done uh, writing it? <laughs> I, I saw that meme. I thought it was really funny. They got a an FBI guy with an FBI jacket at a typewriter, and it said, Breaking news, the FBI has announced that they will be releasing the manifesto of the Nashville shooter. 
As soon as they're done writing it, I just... (laughs) Uh, The FBI has been known to pull tricks like that before. Just ask the family of Martin Luther King. Um, Hey, lots of buzz about Andrew Cuomo being on WABC. (laughs) Have you seen this? It's uh, uh, people are... uh, Well, look, guess whose side I'm, I'm on? The boss, John Casamitidis, and I absolutely am. Look, uh, Andrew, you know, (laughs) what do they say? Every saint, every sinner has a future, every saint has a past. I love that slogan. Uh, I love it. So Andrew Cuomo is back. You know how I feel about Andrew Cuomo? Uh, (laughs) Look, there's a lot I can't stand about the guy. And the COVID stuff, he has not yet been held accountable. But why not have him on a forum where you can ask him questions? Um, The one thing that I have gone to bat for him over, to the annoyance of a lot of you, and this is way before he was on WABC, but I don't, I had to do it. When he was unfairly accused of being a sex predator. It's not that. Or, okay, well, then he was sexually harassing those women. No, not that either. These women wanted him oh oh boy yes they did especially when he was uh remember mr cuomo sexual remember mr he was a who's that woman Uh, chelsea handler who was publicly lusting for him just like uh, people on his staff uh what was her name the one with the charlotte uh, wanted him Lindsay, Lindsay boylan clearly wanted him Everybody knows that Lindsay has a screw loose. Sorry, Lindsay, but it's true. Everybody's a little bit messed up. You included. You especially. Uh, you must be elected to something. You must be elected. She will be elected. AOC will not be more famous than her. This is the kind of stuff that keeps her up at night. It's going to pass. You're going to get over all that stuff. Um, let's see here. Uh, well, here he is, the governor himself, on this show, Cut 17. I mean, how can they, what kind of crap is that? I mean, you're Italian, I'm Greek. Uh, I'm 28% Italian, by the way. And we kiss everybody. We go to weddings, we kiss everybody. Yeah. I mean, what is that all about? Well, John, again, you take the, the politics out of it. Uh, the facts were there were complaints. Uh, the legislature insisted that the attorney general do the investigation on the complaints. I said at the time uh, that I wanted an independent person to do it uh, who wasn't involved in politics. The attorney general does a report, says there are 11 cases. That started immediately. Oh, my God, frenzy. stop. He t- takes forever cases. to say anything. We know all this stuff. I hear the next thing is a bit more revealing. Let's try that. Cut 18. Look, uh, did I learn from it? Yes, because I did make a mistake. And my mistake was, you talk about a kiss on the cheek. There is a generational, cultural, political shift in uh, people's uh, belief in what are personal barriers and proper behavior. Uh, I knew it intellectually, uh, but uh, I was not... I was not attuned to it. Oh, just say uh, it. Stop. Enough. I got it. All right. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> John Gatsimidini's did a great job interviewing him, but that is a guest who talks and talks and talks and talks. You know, Joe Biden gave a similar response, but Joe's Joe's uh, uh, transgressions were far more serious. That guy was licking women, licking them and sniffing them and grabbing them. 
Everybody from nine-year-old kids to 70, uh, 90-year-old ladies is out of control. And he did that whole thing. I get it. Things have changed. Times have changed. I'm going to, I get that. And I can correct. Well, he didn't. He got power and he got even more touchy, even more hands-on. And oh, by the way, this laughing, this jokester stuff about everything, everything, including school shootings, including hate crimes, including hate crimes, huh? He thinks it's funny. Listen to this. This is uh, when he's asked about uh, cut eight, cut six, rather, cut six. About a man with no human dignity whatsoever. No, uh, who cut uses six, position. cut six. They just don't care. Wrong. Now, however, <laughs> I don't know why we have these things. I want to hear Joe Biden uh, laughing about it being a hate crime. And that is a uh, cut. Let's try it one more time. Cut six. No, Dan Bongino. Oh, well, uh, he was uh, Dan Bongino, by the way, is a fantastic guy and uh, a great patriot. You ever see those pictures of him with uh, Barack Obama? He was he was his uh, Secret Service uh, protector right there. You got two guys who can't find it. OK, that's all right. That's all right. Um, he is a little bit. I don't know what's up with the laughing. I don't know what's up with the giggling. You're not supposed to do it, especially when you are the empathizer-in-chief. Remember the empathizer-in-chief? And Joe will be the consoler. He knows how to console people because he's went through so much. And there he is laughing and giggling. Josh Hawley thinks that this was a hate crime, an anti-Christian hate crime, what happened in Nashville. And there's a lot of evidence to suggest as much. So they asked Joe about this, and he said, what, what, what? Who said that? Who said that? Who said that? Oh, give it a try now. Nashville school shooting. Do you believe that Christians were targeted? I, I have no idea. Josh Hawley believes they were. What do you say to that? Well, I probably don't then. Probably don't. No, I'm not joking. No, I have no idea. <sighs> joking. More joking from Joe. I guess the whole damn thing is a joke, isn't it? Hey, right now, they have, oh my goodness, it looks like an insurrection we got a bunch of crazy people down there at the Nashville Capitol, the, the, the Capitol building. Is Nashville the capital of, uh, of uh, Tennessee? I think it's Knoxville. Is it the capital? It's Nashville. Well, anyway, uh, the Capitol building is now under siege by a bunch of leftists who are saying, oh, it's, we need more gun laws. We need more gun laws. We need more gun laws. It's funny, whenever a left-wing nutjob uh, commits a uh, mass shooting, what's at fault? What's, it, what's the problem? It's always Republican gun policies. Republican gun policies are responsible. Now, whenever it's a right-wing nut job who commits the uh, murder, it's always right-wing rhetoric that's responsible. Bottom line, it's always the right. Um, it's not. We're just right. I'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Greg Kelly. 
on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Trans people in Tennessee, it's time to fight. Trans allies in Tennessee, it's time to fight. Fight them. Hurt them. If they put their hands on you, beat them. You want to with anybody that's trans, you're with me. If you with me, you know what happens to you. Ooh, ooh! You want to turn that off over there? Uh, oh, wait a second. All right, that's a uh, various trans activists being all aggressive. Some of them holding guns and trying to intimidate me, I guess, because I say to the radical portion of the trans weirdo community that you better stay the hell away from kids. Okay. Stay the hell. This is what it's about. It's children. Why do you want to get your hands on our kids? Not everybody in the transgender world, obviously. There are some transgender people I really, really like. I actually like, uh, what do we say now? Bruce Jenner, Caitlyn Jenner. Um, I met Bruce when Bruce was Bruce, and Bruce was totally cool. Uh, We share a similar interest in aviation, and um, I just think Bruce Jenner, great athlete, all right? And then Bruce made a decision at the age of 55 to undergo a transition. Okay, that's uh, between you and your doctor. I don't, uh, and you know what? He agrees. She agrees. Okay. If she wants to be called she out of courtesy and my and my choice, I'll say she. I'll say she. You better not make it a law that I have to say anything, including she or he. You can't do that. But I'll call... Uh, because Caitlin is still the same person, actually, and she actually doesn't talk about transgender much at all. It's amazing. She spoke at the Republican National Convention. Do you remember that? Where she explained that it was harder and she received uh, more bullying, more strife when she came out as a Republican than when she came out as trans. When she came out as trans, America was pretty accepting. You know what I mean? Okay, that works for you. This is a way for you to be happy. Okay, you're an adult. There are arrangements you can make for this kind of stuff. We may not think it's right. We may not agree with it, but that's an adult decision. And she made it. Fine, fine. It's the children. It's the children. And how they have made that somehow a civil rights issue it makes no sense. My wife has always said, though, when something doesn't make sense, money, money is at work. And if you saw my Newsmax show, I put that together in a most compelling way, actually. And we prove the corruption of the trans movement. I'll have it when I come back. Hi, it's Lou Dobbs for Priority Gold, America's precious metals dealer. These are volatile times with high inflation, soaring debt, wars on multiple continents, and rising financial stress. Central banks are buying gold to diversify their reserves, so are many Americans. Call Priority Gold and find out how precious metals can help you diversify your portfolio. They're highly rated and happy to help. Call 1-866-303-6357 or get a free gold guide at PriorityGoldGuide.com. That's Priority AuthorityGoldGuide.com. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Are you old enough to remember 2015, 2014, 2013? Remember that? Do you remember? Do you remember? Uh, let's see here. Because back then, people said certain things about the uh, 
about the LGBTQ community. Uh, as a matter of fact, it wasn't the LGBTQ community. It was the LGB community. It was the LGB community. LGB, not LGBTQIA. It was just LBG, lesbians, bisexual, and gay. LBG community. And then something happened. For a lot, a lot of people consider this great. I kind of shrugged my shoulders, you know, okay, fine, fine, I'm right. It was a big deal. They legalized gay marriage, cut 23. You cannot imagine the roar of this crowd when it became evident the first decision the court was going to announce today was the landmark ruling that this crowd has been waiting for. You can hear the cheer in the crowd, a very dramatic moment here, a 5-4 decision written by Justice Anthony Kennedy. This is a, a total victory for the advocates of same-sex marriage. It was a ruling decades in the making. A hard-fought victory for the right to marry, guaranteed in a landmark decision that emphasized equality for gays and lesbians. All right, congratulations. Now you can get married and join the military. <laughs> you sure you want to do those things? What's her name? There's a Fran Lebowitz used to joke that the great thing about being gay is you don't have to get married and you don't have to join the military. Get it right? <laughs> Those are two major drags, uh, according to the left in the 1960s and the 70s. Ha ha. It was a bit of a joke. Um, but gay marriage approved in 2015. Barack Obama's president. Actually, I'm sorry. It was earlier than that, wasn't it? I think that's the wrong year. It was 2010. It was 2010. 2010 in New York State, maybe, yeah, that's it. 2010 in New York State, then 2015 nationally. So lesbians, gays, bisexuals got everything, everything uh, that they uh, wanted or they wanted that, you know, equality for all. And I'm fine. I'm fine. I've been to a gay wedding. I have gay friends. Uh, They want to marry. Yeah, great. Okay. I have no problem. Donald Trump has been to gay weddings. He was going to gay weddings in the 90s, actually. You can look it up. It's true. So what happens now? Now, wait a second. We got everything we wanted. Now what do we do? Wait a second. I'm talking about the uh, the activist groups. Human rights campaign. Human rights campaign? That sounds wonderful. Eh, it's now become a radical um, uh, pro-transgender on kids group. Now, back then, they were actually reasonable. They were like, okay, we want equality at the workplace. We want equality in the military. We want equality, you know, marriage. I could, okay, 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 yeah, sure, yeah, I get it. But now it's all become about uh, transgenderism, forcing it on children or allowing children, kids who are legally not adults and legally not allowed to make major decisions regarding their own health care, that they want to take the parents out of it. And uh, let kids sign up for this stuff. It's crazy, of course. And they're indoctrinating children, all that stuff. But they needed another constituency. They needed another group, another group they could say was marginalized because grown up, lesbian, gay, bisexual people in America are not oppressed. And transgender are not oppressed. But you got to pretend you're oppressed. You have to have what we call a false sense of oppression in order to get stuff. In order to um, raise money by getting stuff, I mean money, cash, power, lies, lies told for power and lies told for profit. 
So it's uh, it's evolved over the years. Cut 24, please. Cut 24. President Obama reaffirming his commitment to the fight with the LGBT community. This was aimed specifically at members of the LGBT community. It's a very clear message about protecting uh, the rights of uh, the LGBT community worldwide. All right. Now you heard LGBTQ community. LGBT, LGBTQ, and that is after marriage equality, after gay marriage. I'm going to take you back before all this stuff. It's a it's a difference. Can you notice it? Do you notice it? Cut 22, please. Cut 22. This is before all this stuff. This is 2007, 2008, 2006. Cut 22. We were the go-to LGB authority. The commission has also found that discrimination against lesbian, gay, and bisexual individuals. LGB students are two times more likely to be bullied than heterosexual students. Got it. You see, LGB, LGB. Now it's LGBT, LGBTQ, LGBTQIA, LGBTQIA plus. Because (laughs) LBG, they've gotten what they want. It's great. Equality. All right. All for it. But if you're a human rights campaign and you got a great big office building in downtown Washington, D.C., and you throw an annual gala and you need people to show up and buy tables. Right. And you need stuff to talk about at these stupid symposiums they have all the time. You got to have you got to be upset about something. You got to get people, rich people to write you a check. This is not the market. This is not capitalism. This is not letting customers do what they do. This is. Well, this is a, a, a campaign of deception. And now they have to say that children hanging around with drag queens, that somehow that's a civil right. And you should write a check to support those kids. It's insane. It's offensive. And you think of oversimplifying this? I'm not. This is this is this God's honest. This is what's happening. Now listen to there is a new television show in Canada, right next door. What happens in America happens in Canada. What happens in Canada happens in America. Let me set it. You won't be able to see it, but you'll be able to hear it. They got a full-on drag queen. A man dressed like a woman or his um, cartoonish version of what a woman should be. You know, enormous breasts, uh, beehive hairdo up to uh, three feet tall, you know, hideously overdone makeup, everything fake, right? Sitting there, it's a man, by the way, sitting there with kids as young as four years old. I would say, I watched this footage, they're between the ages of four and 11. And they go to a school library and they got the drag queen with the kids and they just talk it out. Cut 26, please. Why are you nervous? But I meant like I've never met anyone that's not. I can't really explain. Is this your first time seeing a drag queen? Yes. How does that make you feel? Uh, A fight it, but a little bit nervous. I've never seen a drag queen before. <laughs> and what do you think? I think it's cool. It's great? Yeah. Why are you nervous? I don't know. It's just... Because you're a freak! Different? Different and yeah. new. Okay. Yeah. Do you think that boy can wear makeup? Yes. And would you agree that makeup is for everyone? Yeah. Yeah? Where do you buy your drag clothes? 
This is a, I bought this at Value Village, secondhand. I make a lot of it, and sometimes I'll buy things secondhand and I'll alter them to make them more drag. This is the essence of grooming. This is grooming. And the last person there who's talking about the secondhand dress from uh, Value Village, I think that person committed a crime right in front of us because she starts touching herself in a, uh, in a certain way. Uh, what's, what's the word? Lewd. Lewd. L-U-D-E. Lewd. There was lewd in it. Or, or is it L-E-W-D? I don't <laughs> I think it's L-E-W-D. Lewd. Lewdness. Never hear about lewdness anymore because everybody is lewd. So it's, it's become not a thing. It's not even noteworthy when somebody is lewd. But that was lewd and dangerous. And it's coming. It's already happening. And standing up. When I said that person's a freak, it's not because they wear those clothes. It's not because they do what they do. It's because you want to hang out with a kid. You know, if I showed up at a kid's library, and started talking about the issues you're talking about, they'd come and handcuff me, and they should. They absolutely should. And that they're not handcuffing you, that you can do this and pretend it's civil rights and pretend that it's uh, for the welfare of these children. Wow. So uh, it's a big scam to raise money and also for some freaks to get close to kids. There's a huge, huge uh, population out there that focuses on that, gets off on that kind of stuff, unfortunately, tragically, but it's true. Uh, who else? Uh, oh, Obama. Obama set the conditions for this. Obama set the conditions for this very, very much so. There was a time when, you know, the first black president, wow, he can start saying things that need to be said. He can start saying things like Bill Cosby said, you know, pull up your pants, stay in school. Fathers, don't. Uh, don't ditch your families because, quite frankly, it happens in black families more than it does in white families to a degree where it's a crisis. It is a total and complete crisis. Too many black fathers are MIA. Too many black fathers are AWOL. This is true in every community, but nowhere worse than in the African-American community. And what does that mean? Well, it means higher dropout rates from school. It means higher incarceration rates. You go to jail more, all right? It means all kinds of horrible, horrible things that society detests. Not always, plenty of exceptions, but we're talking aggregates here, millions and millions and millions. And um, Obama had the, um, well, he had the cred and he had the skin color where he could actually go out and make that case. So there's going to be a change here. Wow, wow. He's going to be able to say things that other people who happen to be white or whatever can't say. And he's got the status in the cloud to do it. But he didn't, did he? He didn't. You know why? Because he got scared. Because he did it once during the campaign after he got the nomination, but three months before the general election. So he could sneak it in here. It was like a test. It was like a test. It's like a focus group. Let's see what happens here. Let's see what happens if I start talking about black fathers, MIA, and AWOL. Let's see what happens when I start talking about cold Popeyes is not breakfast. Let's see what happens. Well, you know what happened? The left got very, very angry. Jesse Jackson threatened to cut his testicles off. Literally, he did. He did that. It's on television. You can look it up. It's on YouTube. Jesse Jackson threatened to cut off the nuts of Barack Obama. That's how we put it. 
So Barack Obama, thinking about Barack Obama, not willing to stick his neck out for anybody, especially kids, retreated, gave up. And then he started playing the victim card. And instead of trying to affect change, he tried to bring out more grievance, more woe is me, I'm a victim. Here I am, I'm a victim. Professor Gates, remember this story? Remember the beer summit? This is, this is a very pivotal moment in American history. Never before had we had a president. I don't think we have. You could. I'm trying to think. We're culturally, culturally. They lied culturally. They deceived us culturally. All right. Let me get through this if I have time. Uh, Professor Gates, he's a big shot at Harvard. Uh, happens to be black. Uh, very, I met him once. I, I really, I, and I had this conversation with him. We had a great conversation. Um, but Professor Gates goes home after a business trip and he forgot his keys. So he has to climb in a window. And a neighbor sees this. A neighbor who happened to be Hispanic, by the way, sees some guy climbing in a window and thinks, oh boy, that house is being burglarized. I better call the cops. And the cops show up. Well, uh, something happened. We don't know exactly what happened because we weren't there. But by all accounts, Gates got very, very upset that the cops were called and started yelling and screaming and using the F word. And this young cop, quite frankly, you know, cops are human. And you start calling somebody a racist and the F word to his face. Well, uh, maybe you're going to get handcuffed. No charges or whatever. But I don't actually know uh, that for sure. And neither did Obama, but it didn't stop him, did it? Cut 27. Recently, Professor Henry Lewis Gates Jr. was arrested at his home in Cambridge. What does that incident say to you, and what does it say about race relations in America? Well, uh, I I should say at the outset that uh, Skip Gates is a friend, uh, so I may be a little biased here. Uh, I don't know all the facts. Yeah, and he should have just, as the president of the United States, that would have been it. Next question. But no, he had something to say about this. He wanted to say he wanted to exploit race for himself again. We thought he was going to be honest about race. Instead, he turned out to be a race hustler. Next. I think it's fair to say, number one, any of us would be pretty angry. Number two, that the Cambridge police uh, acted stupidly in arresting somebody when there was already proof that they were in their own home. And number three, what I think we know separate and apart from this incident, is that uh, there is a long history in this country of African Americans and Latinos uh, being stopped by law enforcement disproportionately. And that's just a fact. And he left it at that. That's just a fact. That's just a fact. What about the other fact that black and Latinos commit disproportionately more crime? You made it sound, and actually you said it out loud, that racist cops pick on black and Latino people. You know that's not true. If you don't know that's not true, (laughs) you had no business being president. You have no business being a lawyer. Um, You seem to acknowledge at one point, yes, you know it. You know it. But you misled us all. You tried and you, what an opportunity blown 
Now he's secure in his billions and his smugness and who the hell knows where he is. Every now and then, twice a year, he shows up at some basketball court in Chicago, shoots hoops, look at me with the kids. But when you had a chance to really, really do something, you didn't. You just took care of number one, didn't you? And we're all paying the price. Be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh, man, crazy leftists are trying to take over the Capitol in Tennessee. It looks like it looks a little bit like January 6th. Wow. Uh, Vic, Vic is in Pennsylvania somewhere. Yes, Vic. Hi, uh, Greg. Greg, I want to ask you something. Uh, You know, with the uh, trans, uh, the one that killed those poor children, uh, why do they refer to the trans as a a female? It's it's not not a female. She's a male, biologically a male. You're wrong, Vic. Vic, Vic, you're wrong. You got it totally backwards. Yes, you are. Okay. I can't believe. I mean, Vic. It's uh, she was born. Have you looked at the story? Have you read it at all? I mean, uh, she was born Audrey. She was born a female. She, uh, a, a couple of months ago, she started telling everybody, "Hey, uh, call me. You, these are my preferred pronouns: he, him." And she started wearing a necktie and men's clothing. So she is a biological female, and um, uh, and actually, from my perspective, people have been saying that. People have been saying the police have been calling her a her because she's a her. She's a she. Um, you got it backwards. You're not the only one. A lot of people have misunderstood this. I wasn't aware of that. I wasn't aware of that. Yep. I, yep. I, All right. Remember that. that. You remember she was born a woman, uh, was a woman. You can look back, look at pictures of her. And I did this last night. I'm like, how did this happen? How did she look like she was relatively you know, happy and healthy uh, when she was 20? Now she's 28, dead. Yeah, I have a picture of her on the beach with her family, and then you see her with the gun in the school. Now, it's free will, it's her responsibility, but there are a lot of evil currents at work and a lot of powerful forces that I think seduced this poor, lost soul. And God bless those children and adults who who pay the ultimate price. Uh, Let's see here. Janine in Staten Island. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good. I am uh, falling from the car again. I wanted to let you know. Oh, are you? Is that you, the Freddy Cat with the school? Yes. <laughs> Just yes. All right. What's going and I on? I have my daughter in the car with me. I have right. my daughter in the uh, car that, with that's me. That's nice. Laughing. All right. You didn't tell us the name of the school. Um, I gave you a big lecture the other day, but I'm sorry. What do you want to say? No. No, I. you know what? I'm reaching out to you because when it comes to stuff like this, we do need the big guns, and that's where you come in. That's where that, that Basically, that's it. I did want to tell you that because I don't think my one little voice carries any weight. Hey, listen, I am not going to go to that school in Staten Island. I don't have time. I don't have a kid who goes to that school. So it's not my, you know, I mean, I can, you don't underestimate your power. A person going to that school board, going to that school, confronting, uh, the staff there, the principal, whatever, you've got the power, Janine. You've got it. I can amplify. We can do this. We can do that. This is a talk show, all right? It's a, it's a talk show, bottom line, all right? It's not you've got the power. Let me talk to your daughter for I a just, second. Yes, my sweetheart is right here. She's how old, laughing. How old? And you, you know what? How old? What? I want to talk to her. Well, actually, I don't want to be all weird. <laughs> I just lectured that guy in Canada. I wouldn't have been weird, of course. 
All right, Janine, and to your daughter, thank you. But you, you, you have the power. You can perform miracles. I know you're up for it. I know you're up to it. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. There's there's pushing and shoving and screaming and yelling, and they're getting very abusive toward the cops. This is a scene in in Tennessee at the state capitol. They're going nuts. It. Uh, in some ways, it looks uh, worse than January 6th, actually. Anyway, it's a bunch of left-wing agitators. They went up there to protest uh, gun laws. Not enough gun laws. More gun laws. Fewer guns, right? Right, right, right. More gun laws. That's going to save the situation. Well, we got a great big fat Second Amendment, everybody. And the older I get, the more precious I see that amendment. And boy, oh boy, our founding fathers, they knew exactly what they were doing. This government, the direction it's going, I'll just thank God for Thomas Jefferson and some of the things he wrote and the way he wrote that Second Amendment. <sighs> bad news. Bad, bad news. What do these people want? What do they want? What do they want? In addition to more gun laws, well, here's a fellow. Uh, listen to what he wants. I believe that $5 million in reparations is too little for the work that foundational black Americans have done for this country and as well for other countries. Hmm. I believe that $7.6 million is a number that can be used very wisely in our foundational black American communities. 40 acres is also still a good idea, and instead of a mule, we would like a tractor. <clears throat> I also believe that we should know the name of all the companies that participated in the slave trade so we, foundational black Americans, can start up our own companies. We should also be allowed to have a choice to learn our mother language other than Spanish or French in our educational classes. We have the Tut language that was started right here in America. During slavery, we have Swahili, Yoruba, Igbo, Zulu, and even Hausa. Community colleges and universities should not raise their tuition prices for the next future generations of each foundational black American family, and we should be able to change our names to our mother land names totally for free. All types of real estate should not go up in price, but it is our land that was supposed to be for us. But as we all know, it was never given. I believe that five million in reparations is too little for the work that foundational black Americans all right, have all done. All right, all right, all right. Let me tell you this: we can do all that. We'll do all that for you. I draw the line here, though. If you want to change your name, you're going to pay the twenty-five dollar registration fee. All right. You get your seven point six million. You can get your tractor. You can get your own companies. We'll go and uh, give uh, lessons in Swahili, but you've got to pay the twenty five dollar change the name fee. And actually, I think it's seventy five bucks. Wow, what a freak! Uh, he should be laughed out of town. But this is what's going down right now in San Francisco as they have these very serious conversations. I mean, they're ludicrous, but they're getting very serious about reparations. Yeah, for slavery. And California did not have slavery. California was not even a state, I think, during the Civil War. Um, it's insane. And Gavin Newsom, the guy, continues to fail upward, upward. He fails up. Have you ever seen that happen? It happens a lot, especially with skinny, pretty boys like Gavin Newsom with the big hair and the thinness. Yeah, Gavin, knock yourself out. He's going to be president someday, they think. And they may be right. They may be right now. I don't think Biden can pull it off. Do you at this point? Can Biden really? No, 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 no. If they dare nominate him, if they dare, you know what they, you know, they know something. They know that it's rigged all over again. 
They know that they can get anybody, quote-unquote, elected. But if there is just a shred, just a hint that this is still a democracy and the people, the people actually decide, they're not going to take a chance with Joe Biden. And Gavin Newsom is the man. Why? Big state, big hair, small body, thin hair, 20 million votes in California. 20 or 30 million people live there. Anything good happening in California? Not that he's responsible for. I mean, you see the videos. You see San Francisco. You see the decline. He just, uh, they wanted to recall him not very long ago. Doesn't matter. He looks good doing it. He looks good failing. And he signs up for all their crazy, radical stuff. He signs up for it. Because he, uh, he's a man of privilege. He's a man of immense wealth. And he wants to keep all that stuff. And he wants even more power. So he goes left. Left, 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 left. Hey, Jacob Chansley, this is good news. Uh, the shaman, they call him. I call him the horns guy from January 6th. Is in a halfway house. He's out of jail and in a halfway house. Out of prison. He was sentenced to 41 months sometime in 2021. I think his lawyer, by the way, uh, gave in a bit too easily. You know, a lawyer in the courts, they're supposed to see beyond the the mayhem of the moment. And I think they uh, copped a plea a little bit too readily there. Because Jacob Chansley, as far as I could tell, didn't do a damn thing wrong. What do you mean by that? He's an insurrectionist. Are you kidding? Well, take a look. Did he break anything? No. Did he hurt anybody? No. And now we know that the police seem to be helping him find his way to the Senate, to the Senate chamber. They wanted him in there. And they never demanded that he leave. Uh, May I hear this, please? Uh, This is Jacob Chansley on January 6th. Listen closely. You'll hear him uh, yelling, but it's important what he's saying. Go ahead. Did you hear the first guy? Donald Trump says we should go home. That's it. That's him. Uh oh, uh oh, oh. Did you get that in time? Oh boy. Jacob Chansley was using foul language on January 6th. Oops. Well, anyway, um, you can, uh, I think the guy deserves his freedom. I don't think he ever should have been sent to jail. I met his mother. I actually met her. I interviewed her on television. Great lady. And um, uh, we may be talking to her very, very soon. It's good news that he's in a halfway house. Hey, by the way, when you're in a halfway house, um, what can you do? I think you can go out uh, between like during the day and you can do certain errands and you can look for a job and but you got to be in at a certain hour. Uh, I think you can't drink or do drugs and that's uh, and, and stuff like that. Um, but it's uh, I'm I'm happy, aren't you? Hey, is Mike Pence serious? Is he really gonna? He's going through with this. He's gonna run for. I I can't I can't account for what the president did on January sixth. What the president did was wrong. Not one man can overturn an election, and no idea could be so un-American. Does that sound like Pence a little bit? 
he's wrong, by the way, in how he characterized what the president wanted, what we wanted. We wanted the Electoral Count Act of 1887 uh, exercised to its fullest. And by the way, if you found out that the electoral votes, say, in Pennsylvania or Wisconsin or whatever, what if somebody put a gun to those guys and said, you must vote this way or else? Okay? What if that, what if that came out on January 6th? Let's say January 6th of another year, of 1892. Uh, would the vice president have been compelled to count those electoral votes that were cast under duress? That's an interesting question, isn't it? Uh, my gut says absolutely not. And I have a feeling the Supreme Court would have ruled the same way. And uh, that's kind of that's that's the essence of what we're. Of the Electoral Count Act of 1887 and the vice president's role in it, we think that he had more discretion. And he could have done a lot of different things. And the Constitution, I mean, (laughs) hey, great people can look at the Constitution differently. All the time, we see five to four decisions. Anyway, here's Mike Pence. Mike Pence in Iowa. Cut 11, please. Well, I'm limited in what I can say uh, about the grand jury's proceedings. But I am pleased uh, that the judge recognized that the Constitution's speech and protection clause applies to my work as vice president, and I'm serving as president of the Senate on January 6th. We're currently uh, talking to our counsel about uh, the balance of that decision and determining the way forward, but uh, uh, but I have nothing to hide. I've, I've written and spoken extensively about that day and the days leading up to it, but for me, standing on that constitutional principle uh, of the speech and debate clause, the protections, the separation of powers, All right, stop. He's talking on the. I mean, he may have to. He's he's weak. He's a weak man. And we do all know what happened on January 6th with him. He was in a parking lot for an hour and a half and he acts like he was in Bunker Hill. All right. He acts like he was in the trenches in World War One. All right. He was down there in the parking lot and he was fine. But what about the people who said, hang Mike Pence? They were a half mile away and it's a slogan. And oh, by the way, it's a free country. All right. They weren't serious. His life was in jeopardy. No, it wasn't. Uh, What else about this guy? He could have defused January 6th. He could have prevented the whole damn thing. The protesters would never have come. But he didn't do it, did he? He didn't do it. He didn't defuse. You know what I'm talking about? On January 4th, two days before, he got in front of a big crowd in Georgia and he said, I know we all have our doubts about the results of the election. But come Wednesday, We'll hear the objections. We'll have the debate. And everybody went nuts. They all went crazy. Oh, wow, wow, wow. It sounds like he's going to do. You know what he could have done right then and there? He could have said, look, folks, uh, I have a procedural role. I have a ministerial role. It's really a token role. I'm going to rubber stamp those uh, those electoral votes. So don't get your hopes up. That's what I'm going to do. And uh, if anybody objects, well... In my reading of the Electoral Count Act, uh, they object. We count all the objections, and then we stop business for two hours while they debate it, and then we go back to we go back to certifying the election. He could have said that. Instead, he teased MAGA. He teased MAGA because he wanted to. Well, he was playing with us. And on the morning of January sixth, it's interesting. It's in his book. It's in his book. He says he's going to the Capitol in his limo, and. He looks out at all the crowds and he says to his daughter, oh, I'm so sorry for those people. They're going to be so disappointed. 
he knew and he could have said he could have said it. He could have said it. So I think he's finished. He has no I mean he's he's he, DOA. This candidacy is DOA. Uh Sandra in New Jersey, hello. Oh, good afternoon, Greg. Um I I wanted to tell you that I wanted to learn more about the critical race theory, so I sent away to Hillsdale College for their publications. They send you like ten for ten dollars. Oh, good for you. That Hillsdale is great. And they sponsor Mark Levin. Yeah, that's great. I love uh tell me about the course materials. Okay, well they they want you to give it to ten people. That's why you get ten of them. But the part that I read so far that concerned me is um in this uh critical race thing, I Bram Kendi he directs the Center for Anti-Racism. Ibram X. Kendi, yes, he's a nut job. Okay, he is trying to propose the creation of the Federal Department of Anti-Racism. They <laughs> want to get that in the government, like an anti, an independent, unaccountable branch of the government, which would mean that they would have the power to nullify, veto, or abolish any law at any level of government and curtail the speech of political leaders and others who are deemed insufficiently anti-racist. Yeah, I mean, I mean, hey, listen, listen to their listen to these crazy people and their and their demands. I mean, (laughs) they're they're asking for a lot. I believe that five million in reparations is too little for the work that foundational black Americans have done for this country and as well for other countries. All right. You see, I believe that yeah, 7.6 7. 6 million he wants and a tractor. Anyway, it's crazy stuff. But um, Joe Biden and the left, they are sufficiently intimidated where they'll try to do all this stuff. That sounds even further than I thought. I got to enroll in one of those Hillcrest uh, courses myself. Hill, wait, Hillsdale, Hillsdale College. Great college. Great, great cause. Anything else, Sandra? They also, they also what I didn't, you know, what, what I wanted you all to know is you probably know it anyway. The word equity, they picked that word because it sounds like equality, but equity means the end of private property, the end of individual rights, you know, um, equality under the law, end of that, federalism and freedom of speech. So if they get this into the government, they can change the principles of the declaration and enjoy and destroy, I'm sorry, the remaining structure of the Constitution. Yeah. That's scary stuff. It is. It's a euphemism. Equity is a euphemism, basically, for uh, communism. And it's an absolute disgrace and a threat that Joe Biden, a threat to democracy. This is the threat to democracy that Joe Biden is up and down talking about equity. He probably doesn't even understand it. Uh, and uh, it's, it's well, we're grateful to Hillsdale. I'm grateful that you read that stuff. And uh I'm going to enroll myself. What the hell? Thank you, Sandra. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Do you have regrets of, about their withdrawal or how the withdrawal occurred from Afghanistan that cost the lives of 13 of our service members? I, I don't have any regrets. Uh, you don't have um, any regrets. Secretary Austin, uh, it's very telling. Uh, Secretary Austin, um, has there ever been any accountability for anyone within the Department of Defense for the deadly, botched, and embarrassing withdrawal from Afghanistan. Any accountability? Hey, listen, our, our, our troops evacuated 124,000 people off of that airfield. Has anyone and- been held accountable? If a Navy captain grounded a ship, what happens immediately? 
typically that, that captain is removed. That captain is removed. Has anyone been held accountable for what happened in Afghanistan? To my knowledge, no. You don't regret it. No one's ever been held accountable. Mr. Chairman, this is why this Republican majority must provide the accountability that this administration wants to sweep under the rug with what happened in Afghanistan. Damn. I, you know, I knew Lloyd Austin was dumb, but that, man, oh, man, oh, man. Um, number one, just that's astounding to me. I just no regrets. How could he how could he think that, let alone say that? No, no regrets. You saw what happened. Those people running and he hides behind the troops. See that? Well, we evacuated 124,000. Shut up with that. Shut up. This is about this is about management. This is about strategy. Not about tactics, not about that squad that helped those people, uh, you know, get from uh, the hangar to that point. No, we're talking about the strategy, the overall what the hell happened there. And that's Secretary Lloyd Austin of the Department of Defense, the Secretary of Defense. And he's uh, he's okay with what happened in August of 2021, coming up on almost two years. It's amazing. We lost a war in Afghanistan because of that guy, Joe Biden, Mark Milley. we lost. The Taliban are in control. They run the joint. <laughs> did you know that? The Tal- just like they did, just like they did on September 10th of tw- 2001. Oh, by the way, uh, September 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th, 16th, we really didn't have the Taliban on the run for a couple of months. It took us six weeks to do anything uh, uh, lethal in Afghanistan after 9-11. You know that? George W. Bush gave Osama bin Laden a giant head start. That's why we couldn't get him for 10 years. Because we gave him a head start. We didn't do anything for six weeks. Well, we had to get our search and rescue capability uh, up and running in Uzbekistan before. No, we could have had stealth bombers hitting that place the night of September 11th. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. No justice, no justice, no peace. You don't get the way you want. You're going to go riot and take over the state capitol in Nashville, Tennessee. They're calling it the transurrection. A lot of trans people in the mix there. They have taken over the, uh, the floor of the House of Representatives in Tennessee. Well, they haven't quite taken it over, but a bunch of lunatics are running around with signs. And just outside that chamber, you got thousands upon thousands of people yelling, screaming, pushing cops. Very January 6-ish. Although, uh, on January 6th, they really weren't pushing the cops. What the hell? All right, so they're trying to make this uh, shooting on Monday at the church all about guns rights. And they want to, look, they know they're vulnerable on this, the left. All right? They do. And this was a transgender individual, mentally ill, and it looks like the chief already said that uh, sexual identity politics played a role in the motivation. Okay? So that actually happened. Hey, you know between LGBTQ, LGBTQ, right? There's a lot of rivalry between uh, some of those uh, groups. Did you know that? Dave Chappelle does an amazing routine on this, but it's true. Um, the lesbians and gays don't really like the transsexuals. 
There's friction. There's political friction uh, there because, uh, well, a lot of the lesbians and gays don't actually think that the transsexuals belong in their group. And I don't know. But one thing that's been pointed out to me recently, you see, the transgender movement is really all about uh, lately, some of them very militantly insisting that children undergo uh, a gender affirmation and, and sex change uh, treatment as kids. And what will that do? Well, that will increase the ranks of T, transgender, right? That will grow in number and therefore grow in power and influence down the road at least, right? And what does that do to the lesbians and the gays in the LGBTQ spectrum? That means that their numbers will not grow because, let's face it, um, if you're in puberty or pre-puberty and you're a boy and you figure out, uh-oh, or maybe you're whatever, I like I like other boys, there, there are a couple of ways you can look at that. You can think, okay, I guess, uh, am I gay or I'm really a woman? Maybe I should transition to womanhood. And that is being, it looks like, aggressively pushed on kids. And deranged parents, some of them are, are signing their kids up for it. I mean, maybe they're just gay. Chill, gay. And uh, as Jerry Seinfeld has pointed out, not that there's anything wrong with that. You can be gay. Um, or I guess you can reassign your gender so you're trans and not gay. It gets very murky and very weird and very political, and it is an arms race for money and for power. Absolutely. Uh, I think I'm on to something with that one. Eric in Manhattan. Eric, hello. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Sitting here. Sorry, Greg. Sorry. Um, uh, you didn't do anything wrong. Biden. What's up? <laughs> um, this is about Biden. Um, you remember he during during this past campaign, he she tried to get a phone number of a ten year old girl in front of an oratory full of people, and he had to make he had to even promise you know to respect people's space. I mean, first of all, I don't know how someone gets away with that, but if you can answer this, I don't know how how much you can answer. But remember the thing about Conyers, and there was a fund that we kind of. You know, pay people. Yes, for yes, the hush money, money payments. Uh, many millions of dollars paid to uh, former congressional staffers uh, when they had allegations of sexual harassment against members. Yeah, yeah, all in I secrecy. Mean, yeah, I mean, you think? I mean, you think Biden? I mean, has had was one of these people? I mean, you can't. I know I can't really speculate. Well, sure. What was, the hell? I can speculate. <laughs> Absolutely, he was. He was. He was there at the time. He was most likely had uh, complaints against him. I mean, just given the way he operates, we've all seen it. We've all seen it. And if he does that in public, what the hell does he do in private? You know, and people laughed at me when I'm like, uh, there's something up. There's something up with Joe Biden and his dogs. There's something up with Joe Biden and his dogs. Remember that whole thing? He said he was playing with the dog and he fell and he sprained his ankle. I mean, if Joe will grab women that he's never met and hug and kiss and lick and smell, women that he's never met before, what would he do with a dog that he owns? You know what I mean? He owns the dog. He hasn't even met these people. I'm not suggesting anything of a, uh, you know, nature, but I just don't. I don't trust the guy in any way, shape or form. Eric, thank you. Uh, let's go with Lois in Queens. Yes. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. I'm just 
calling to big up my man, President Trump. I'm saying a prayer for him. The Lord, may the Lord oppose those who oppose him and Bibi Netanyahu. I'm asking the Lord to put on his armor, take up his shield, prepare for battle, and go to their aid. I'm asking him also to lift up his spear and javelin against those who pursue them and let them hear him say he will give them victory. Bring shame and disgrace on those who are trying to kill them. Turn them back and humiliate those who are trying to harm them. Blow them away like chaff in the wind, the wind sent by the Lord's angel. I'm asking him also to... Who, me or God? Huh? Never mind, keep going. Yeah, I did. He did them. They did them no wrong, but they laid traps for them. And I hope they may be caught in the trap that they, they set for them, catch themselves. So let's set the ruin come upon them and let them be caught in the trap that they set for them and destroy the pit that they dug for them. All right. Now, listen, I, I, it sounds mostly beautiful. I couldn't understand everything you were saying. I know it's about peace and protecting people and that kind of thing. We don't want any harm to come to. Uh, anyone, uh, God is in control and God will do what's right. Hey, uh, where are you from originally? You have a lovely accent. Yes. I asking him also. Uh, Lois, Lois. Yes. You have a lovely accent. Where are you from originally, please? I'm from Jamaica. Lois, uh, you mentioned the Netanyahu thing. Isn't it amazing how, how, you know, Joe Biden even screwed that up. He even screwed that up. Our, our precious ally, Israel. And now... They won't come here, and we won't go there, our leaders. What a shame, huh? And I get this information from both you and Mark Levin and Sean Hennity and um, Cassie Matidis. You are the people that I listen to day and night. You hear me? Because I get all information. I am so proud of you people, and I'm asking God to bless all of you and to continue to do the work that you are doing. And if I could get to talk to President Trump, I'd be so grateful, you know? Well, let's see what we can do. You never know. You never know. Lois, I appreciate it so much. Such kind words. And uh, maybe one day you'll speak to the president of the United States. Uh, I know he uh, he loves you, even though he uh, probably hasn't met you individually. He really he loves people. He loves America and he loves people. Lois, you're the best. Thank you. Thank you, too. Can you just speak to me off the air when it's in commercial? Wait. I just want to ask you to do something for me, please. Oh. I'm a little bit busy. What is it about? What's the general nature of it? It's some donation I'm asking from a relative who is very sick back home. He's doing, um, he's taking some medication. The doctor put him on, and I don't know what I, I can little- possibly do about that. It's, I mean, you, you, I, I, I go to the grocery store. I'm overwhelmed. I don't know what to, what. I mean, you want me to say a prayer? What do you want me to do? Seriously, ask me now. What is it? What can I do? I want some cash if you could help me. Some you money? Have- oh, come on. Now you buttered me up and you're looking for some cash? I don't I don't know, but I, I just think to ask you, you know? I don't know. Why? 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 Why does he need money? What's up? Is he out? I mean, he's in the hospital. Medication. What's what? Doctor bills or what? Yes. Medication. I have to send to him every week to pay. He takes medication three times per day. And the money that I work is not enough every week. So what I need someone just this week to make up something to send to him to buy his medication. It only lasts for five days, um, $1,200 every What does he days. have? What is his illness? His stomach. He, has, he did three surgeries, and the last one he did, the doctors said they can't do any more. So they put him on a strong medication that they hope will help him. 
Uh, why don't you? Why isn't he in America? Can he come here? No, not yet. How old is he? He's twenty-three. Twenty-three? Yes. Ah, uh, Lois, you convinced me. All right, put her on hold. Get all the information. Thank you very much. Let's see what we can do, and let's make sure the story checks out. Okay, I'm sure it does. Uh, let's do one other. Joe and Whitestone. Yes. Yeah. Hi, Greg. Uh, first of all, it was great uh, uh, meeting you finally at the uh, Whitestone book signing. <laughs> and I just want to tell you, um, you're right about Mike Pence. Uh, he's a coward. Uh, you know, he could have done something and he definitely uh, dropped the ball on it. And uh, one thing about the, uh, President Trump, he demands loyalty. And and I'm just curious, what is his name going to be if he decides to d- debate Donald? Uh, uh, Ron DeSantis got the Sanctimonious Award. So uh, we got to think of a name for uh, Mike Pence now. Uh, Pius Pence? No, no, no. Needs work. Those things take a long time uh, to come up with a real good one. I don't think it's gonna. he's going to actually run. I think the writing's on the wall. I think he knows it. He knows it. And nobody likes him, unfortunately. Nobody really likes him. He just, uh, and you got to have a little bit of likability, and you got to have some guts. You got to have some backbone. And you also have to be, well, I can't, I just can't stomach that he's betrayed President Trump. I'm not talking about January 6th. He betrayed all of us. He could have been, he could have just told us what he was going to do and would have saved a lot of trouble. And he could have done what he, we believe he had the power to do. Oh, by the way. But uh, what was the other thing I was going to say? Oh, yeah. I mean, Trump picked him. Uh, what was he? Governor uh, of some nowhere state, right? Governor nobody and made him vice president of the United States. And he turns and he acts like this. He could wait. He's young enough. He could wait. He could wait to 2028, 2032. No, I, I feel a calling. I don't know. I don't like the guy. I love him, but I don't like him. What's up? Oh, I know he's from Indiana. It's funnier, though, if I say nowhere state. Get it? All right. Thank you. Gosh. All right, I just, no offense to Indiana. All right, Joe, thank you. I got to go. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hi, Steph. And they go to the Senate, ask the same questions. They're cowards. They're all cowards. This is Jamal Bowman. Crazy maniac congressman from the Bronx. Now he cares. Now he cares about gun violence when it's in Tennessee. Let them explain it all the way up to election day. What about what's going on in the Bronx, buddy? Oh, gun violence in your own county. You got the most violent county in the country. Yelling and screaming. He's yelling and screaming at another member of Congress who's trying to talk to the guy. Jamal Bowman. Now, this is what they did. Whoa. I think that guy ought to be arrested. You can't talk like that uh, to a congressman. Isn't that uh, badgering a federal official or something like that? Can't we get him on some Fed charge? Can't we get him on something uh, obstructing government function or whatever? 
Where do they get those January 6th people on? Don't stop your talk. Okay, I'll bring it down. Oh, good. Then he brings it right back up, by the way. Yelling and screaming. Jamal Bowman, uh, Democrat from the Bronx, uh, 16th District. The Bronx and a big chunk of Westchester. Um, doesn't seem to care. I've never heard him do anything about gun violence. It's plaguing. By the way, high schools in the Bronx. And you got <laughs> the school's chancellor making excuses for it. Well, the kids need the guns so they can protect themselves on the way to and from school. And uh, like, as oh, they're just in all these excuses, excuses, excuses. Do you remember it wasn't that long ago when this city was meticulously well run? It really was. We knew how to do it, and we were doing it every day. You could walk down the walk down the sidewalk, not worry about being bashed in the head. You could be on the subway, not being alert all the time. You didn't smell pot everywhere you went. Maybe at a party on a Friday night in Brooklyn. Maybe somebody out back was smoking it. Now I see Lance from accounting smoking up. Not this Lance, but another Lance I know. Uh, not at that, but I, businessmen during the middle of the day on the street. You keep smoking it. Go ahead. Actually, I will do very well. The more other people smoke, and if you don't smoke, you will do very well. Very well. Uh, let's see here. I want to go to Natalie in Suffolk County. Hello. Hi, Greg. So good to talk to you. I wanted to know if I could discuss a couple of things with you that Cuomo said yesterday. <sighs> that absolutely, I know, please. I didn't listen to the whole thing. I happened to turn it on for a few minutes, and I barely could. I turned it on at the right moment because he was talking about police or policing, and it, I had to turn it off. He said the most ridiculous lies. He was talking about how we have to have a relationship with our police and how he does not believe in defunding the police, and it's the most ridiculous statement ever made, but we have to have this relationship, and we don't have to always send police, get this, police officers into every situation with a gun, and those situations can be a mental health issue. or Yeah, I know. It's the same crap from the left. Joe Biden says the same stuff. Yeah, I, you know, you go into a, a maniac's uh, apartment with a knife, okay? <laughs> How many social workers are going to be up for that one? Joe Biden thinks you should send social workers to the top of a bridge the next time somebody wants to jump off. I will. I agree. I mean, Cuomo, he, he's, he's, you know, he just, he went so far left. He used to be, at one point, he was like kind of a centrist normal guy and then he went totally woke totally left and then he screwed up covid and then became a real nut job um and then the uh the only thing the only thing that i do defend him on is a sexual harassment stuff which i think was phony hey take him out over covid take him out over real things not fake things because that makes everybody more vulnerable anyway i appreciate it natalie anything else real quick well two real quick things I think I've met Barbara, and when Cain murdered Abel with The Rock, God did not say to The Rock, what have you done? He said to Cain, what have you done? Mm. Good point, actually. Yeah, you're right. The Rock didn't kill anybody. Uh, Yep, you can kill somebody with a rock. You can kill somebody with a car. You can kill somebody with a knife. You can kill somebody in a lot of different ways. And, you know, we have mass killings throughout the world. Uh, Mass killings throughout the world conducted without weapons. I'm going to show you a bunch uh, tonight. It's not a weaponry issue, and the guns are here to stay. They better be. I will uh, absolutely. Second Amendment all the way. All right, one last thing. Yes, Barbara. I believe I've met her. That's wonderful. Um, she, Yes, she's a lovely woman at St. James Church here in Setauket. We recite the Patriotic Rosary every October. 
And she is the president, I believe, of that um, that association, that organization. And I did a I've gone to it. Americans for Religious Freedom, I think is what it's called. That's exactly right. And she is a lovely, incredible woman. And I feel really fortunate. And this year, if I see her again, I'm really looking forward to speaking with her. But um, I really look forward to her phone calls. I love listening to her. She's very edifying. And we all need to hear more of her. Okay, Natalie. Thank you. I'll see what I can do. See you later. Okay. No, thank you. (laughs) I let her say all her three points. No, thank you. It's okay. I know she didn't mean it. Okay. Okay. I got to go across the street. Uh, I got to get my uh, act together. Hey, here's what I'm hoping for, by the way. Um, I hope hope Mark Levin and John Katsimatidis patch things up. I love both these guys. I love them both. I do. I do. I do. I do. I love my boss more. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But I love, I love Mark Levin. He's such a, what would we do without Mark Levin? What will we do without him as a country? You know, as a country, he is so vital uh, after Rush, you know, and the uh, the intellectual backbone. And, you know, he's damned entertaining, too. So I know they're going to patch things up. And uh, I think there's uh, hey, what regarding Cuomo. Every every sinner has a future. Every saint has a past. OK. And. Um, you know, he's got to, uh, I think he was taken out for the wrong reasons. I think it was a Biden operation. He was upset that Andrew, at one point, uh, wanted to run for president in 2020. Literally was making phone calls trying to see if I can take the nomination, if he could take the nomination away from away from uh, Joe Biden. And that was the ultimate punishment. The ultimate punishment. Um, I think they overdid it. Although... The, the stuff that he, quite frankly, should have been court-martialed or impeached over is the uh, the nursing home stuff. And we still haven't gotten to the bottom of that. Still have not. All right. Thank you all. I'll see you tonight on the Newsmax show. In the meantime, at Greg Kelly USA, at Greg Kelly USA on Instagram. I promise to be more active on Instagram. But no TikTok. Absolutely not. You know they want to go to war with us. They are arming up like crazy. As we focus on equity and inclusion and diversity, uh, they are getting ready for war. And uh, we're crashing airplanes left and right in the military. More tonight. Hi, it's Lou Dobbs for Priority Gold, America's precious metals dealer. These are volatile times with high inflation, soaring debt, wars on multiple continents, and rising financial stress. Central banks are buying gold to diversify their reserves, so are many Americans. Call Priority Gold and find out how precious metals can help you diversify your portfolio. They're highly rated and happy to help. Call 1-866-303-6357 or get a free gold guide at prioritygoldguide.com that's prioritygoldguide.com